Yeah, this train's not going to stop uh, anytime soon from here on out. This train's just going to keep going. Might stop to pick up a couple of lost souls here and there. We'll always have time for that. Always, always got to have time for a couple of lost souls. You know, it'd be cool if train rides were like uh, riding the bus, where uh, someone could just, you know, sit and wait at a stop, and it would pull over just to pick up one person, one lost soul. The only uh, prerequisite for this train ride, the only qualification we need is that your soul is lost. And how we determine that, I don't know, but we will take your word for it. If you come to me and tell me you have a lost soul, I will take your word for it. And uh, this is Every Night's a School Night number 66, and it's now December, so it's real, it's prime school night. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you think it's fall or winter, because, you know, the beginning of December, late November, there's it's sort of this cusp where people are still a little bit in the fall mindset, but it's really winter. I mean, that winter cold air starts to come in, and I just start calling it winter. I don't need a solstice. I just go by how the air feels. I go by how the air feels from this train. Uh, but uh, we're going to play a song here to start things out by a group called the Trend Tones. And that's the perfect name. That's the perfect name for a true doo-wop group, the Trend Tones. Uh, because, as I've mentioned many times over the years and played many groups over the years, uh, Dash Tones is just this almost Mad Libs fill-in-the-blank template for doo-wop groups. The blank Dash Tones. You see it all the time. A lot of groups just throw a random word in front of the word Tones and name their group that, and it was quite a trend. So to have a group that was called simply the Trend Tones... Shows a level of self-awareness, first of all, that I appreciate. I mean, that's a level of sense of, uh, it's a, a, a sense of self-awareness that's quite rare. They're just owning it. Just like, hey, we're following the trend. We're following the trend so hard, we're just going to call ourselves the trend tones. Um, you know, my name for a, a group like that would have been the dash tones. I would have tried to add another layer of self-awareness to it where I would have called the group simply the Dash Tones. And it's D-A-S-H dash tones. So you could even interpret it as the Dash Dash Tones, which doesn't sound very good to me. The Dash Dash Tones. Hey, check out my band. We're called the Dash Dash Tones. Uh, and then, you know, a much more modern variant of this is the Deftones, but I don't think they knew anything about this. I don't think they named their group uh, in 1990 or whenever the fuck they came around. I never listened to the Deftones. Uh, but somehow I don't think they were following this trend. Although it would make me see them in a new light if they named their group that because of the doo-wop tones trend of the 1950s and 60s. The great doo-wop tones trend. But yeah, here we are. We're going to play the Trend Tones. And uh, not my group, the Dash Tones, but the Trend Tones. And it's easy to dismiss trends, you know? It, it, it is, but you know, some trends stay relevant, or they become relevant again. And some trends truly are powerful. You know, I'm someone who's... I'm oppositionally defiant at times. I don't, I don't think I'm diagnosable. But I am prone to oppositional defiance. I use that in the same way people throw around uh, obsessive compulsion. How there's so many people who are like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm obsessive compulsive because I like, you know, my bathroom counter to be organized. You know, I'm, I'm obsessive compulsive because I, I don't like my, uh, my sink to be piled high with dishes. You know, there's a lot of people who just throw it around casually like that, and I couldn't care less. Some people get mad about that. Some people are like, I can't believe the, the number of people who, who just casually throw around this very serious and clinically diagnosable disorder, obsessive compulsion. I can't believe people are just throwing it around. And it's like, who cares? Who cares if people just throw it around? I, I understand if you think it's trivializing things, but who cares? But anyway, um, you know, point being, like, I, I kind of throw around oppositional defiance, talking about my just need to be a little bit rebellious, my silly, petty rebellions that I start and end all throughout the day. 
but some of them are ongoing. Some of them stay relevant. Some of my little petty, stupid, reactionary uh, rebellions against things, some of them stay pretty consistent over time, and I just can't shake them. And they're kind of like trends in that way, where some trends just stay true. And even if they were trendy at a particular time, some trends are powerful. And it's important to remember that. It's easy to think that anything that that gets caught up in the momentum of pop culture is somehow suspect or somehow, you know, not worthy as much as, as, you know, something that comes from a deeper place. It's very easy to get caught up in that way of thinking, but it's important to remember that trends can be relevant. They can be powerful. Some trends do cycle back around again and again, but some never actually happen again. Some trends never happen again, and that's always interesting. But here we are. We have a song by a group called The Trend Tones, and they are certainly relevant powerful, and Never Again is the name of the song. Trend Tones, Never Again. Never again. Heavy-duty doo-wop there. Some heavy-doo. You heard a heavy-duty, but I'm, I got the heavy-doo. I'm heavy-doo. Heavy-duty, like howdy-duty. D-O-O-D-Y. Heavy-duty. Heavy-doo. Heavy-doo there. That's going to be a, a new subgenre that is relevant only to this show. Heavy-doo. But yeah, that song, it does something to my sense of time. You know, it feels like a slow song. It's short, of course, as doo-wop songs are, but it feels very slow, and it, it does have sort of a, a, you know, a swaying pace to it, but it's also soaring and you know active, and you feel like you're just swimming in it. You feel like you're in something. You're just swimming through something thick, and the layered vocals add something to that, which is always an interesting effect. You know, so often in doo-wop and teen pop and these genres, you have, you know, an upfront vocal track. Even if it's a group of guys, you'll have one voice that's doing the lead vocal. But when the entire song is just layered like that, it it does give it this density. It does make you feel like you're swimming through something. Swimming through something with the trend tones. But we're going to move along here, but slowly and with a distorted sense of time, much like that last song. And uh, this is going to be a block, actually. We're going to have a block here. And it's by a guy named Darnell Miller, a country artist. And the first song in the block is called Rainbow of Loneliness. Rainbow. 
And it's a song where each color of the rainbow, as he describes it, is describing something sad or bad, that sad or bad thing. As you would expect a rainbow of loneliness, you know, to be, it, 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 it's made up of sad and bad colors, or colors that this guy assigns to some sort of sad or bad feeling or sensation. And I like that it's the inverse of our modern idea of the rainbow. You know, the rainbow is thought of this thought of as this universally positive symbol. And it's really hard to look at a rainbow objectively anymore. You know, you can see a rainbow out in the world, and that's one thing, but rainbow as a symbol, anytime you see a rainbow somewhere, I mean, you think one thing these days. And I'm not going to go on some rant about how, like, the gays have taken the rainbow. I can't even look at a rainbow anymore without thinking about gay people. You know, I'm not going to go on some rant like that. Because the thing is, you know, I've never been into the aesthetic of rainbows anyway. It's got a few too many primary colors for me. And, you know, it, you know, I feel like it's a thing, too, that, you know, if gay people have to take a symbol and make it, you know, the universal, just the universally representative symbol of being gay, rainbow is a pretty logical choice. Um, and I've personally never been uh, that invested in the aesthetic of rainbows myself. And even if I was, who cares? Uh, like, am I going to get mad at Toys R Us for using a giraffe logo for all those years? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I've been, you know, I wanted to use a giraffe for my uh, construction company, but Toys R Us fucking used it. I don't want to, I don't want people to look at my construction trucks and think that we're in the toy business. I don't want people to see the rainbow in my construction uh, trucks and think, think we're all gay. No, who cares? You know, who cares? You know, and it'd be funny, though. I mean, this is probably real. I mean, I'm sure there are homophobes who want the rainbow back, which is funny. I'm sure there are homophobes out there who are like, you know, they took the rainbow because people are just clinging to anything they can. Uh, grasping at rainbow straws is what I would call that. But yeah, I never really have been uh, particularly inclined toward the rainbow. Uh, but it's true, though. You can't dissociate it now. Uh, from the whole gay thing, the whole movement that you know, and and it's a fitting symbol for that. Uh, I don't, although you know, just because I did bring up the giraffe and Toys R Us, I don't really feel like the giraffe was a fitting symbol for Toys R Us, but they're not around anymore. I'm talking about a corpse, and that really wasn't a. Maybe there's a giraffe on Toys R Us's tombstone. It's carved into the tombstone. I don't know. But back to Darnell Miller, Rainbow of Loneliness is the name of that song. And I do like that it's just the complete inverse of how we think about rainbows now. Because uh, even if you don't want to get sociopolitical about it, it's like rainbows are still associated with positivity. You see them on, uh, I just saw one the other day, there was a kinder care, I think it was. One of those, I don't even know what they are, they're like strip mall daycares. You see rainbows, rainbow logos on strip mall daycares a lot. Because uh, it's supposed to be positive, it's supposed to be something inclusive, learning, learning the primary colors, and I think that's why I'm not too into rainbows to begin with. As I said, too many, a, a few too many primary colors. If it was like three primary colors together, I might feel a little bit different. But it's a few too many primary colors, and when you have that many, it's like you might as well just go jump in the ball pit at your local McDonald's playground. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm just not a fan of that, like, confetti clown aesthetic, uh, <laughs> you know, and rainbows are included in that for me. A bunch of confetti clown, it's a confetti clown aesthetic. Ball pits, kinder care, strip mall daycares. But it is thought of as, as more or less positive, so I like the idea of seeing the rainbow as a, a symbol of loneliness and a bunch of other uh, sad and bad feelings and sensations, as Darnell Miller sees it. Uh, so that's going to be the first song in the block. And the second song is uh, got a nice, simple title. Don't need to riff on this too much, but it's just called Mark of Cain. Mark of Cain, you know, from a country artist fitting... You know, anytime you have uh, any kind of religious reference in country music, it, it fits. Um, but it starts out with a lyric, uh, would you kill the thing that's living just for you? 
<laughs> which is speaking of heavy duty uh, and heavy do. This isn't do what, but I, I would, you know, I, I would be willing to use the phrase heavy do for a, a lyric like that. Would you kill the thing that's living just for you? In fact, I would. Because my name's Heavy Do. Uh, but uh, as you can imagine, Mark, the, the song title, Mark of Cain, with a lyric, the very first lyric, I think, in the entire song is that. Would you kill the thing that's living just for you? He's refer referring to himself. He's the thing that's living for uh, the woman in his life, or, or who isn't in his life anymore. Uh, but, you know, with the name Darnell, you know, just that name itself, Darnell Miller, D-A-R-N-E-L-L, -L, uh, you know, nobody has a father, a son, or a brother named Darnell. Darnell. It's, it's a name that only some cousin of yours has, and some cousin who isn't a father, son, or brother of anyone. It's like some cousin who was born through some, you know, mythological... A cousin who's like the byproduct of some mythological origin. Like, you don't really know where they came from. Like, if you're looking at a family tree, it's like it's that cousin is listed, and they're probably a first cousin somehow, maybe. Probably more of a second cousin, I think, actually. They're probably a second. They're referred to as a second cousin within the family, but nobody can quite figure out who their dad was, or their mom, for that matter. It's just like, Cousin Darnell. But nobody really knows where they came from, but they also don't question the relationship. So I don't think that you can actually have a father, son, or brother name that. Just sort of a, a strange cousin from the shadows, Darnell. Uh, some might even call them a cardboard cousin. Because the third song here is called Cardboard Sweetheart. And if Darnell Miller uh, has a sweetheart, of course, she'd be cardboard, too. Here's Darnell Miller, your cardboard cousin with his cardboard sweetheart. But first, you're going to have to listen to him sing about the rainbow of loneliness. Listen to him break down the colors, as you've never heard colors described before. <laughs> Back down. 
industrial cardboard with the hard edges you know when you get a nice box when you get a nice cardboard box and you know the edges aren't going to cave in if you mail something in it a nice sturdy cardboard I hope if you got a cardboard sweetheart she's got those tough corners you know I know she's not going to necessarily be a box but I, I don't know that anything he said discludes the possibility that your cardboard sweetheart is just a cardboard box I don't know that anything was said to imply she was like a stand-up, like a cardboard stand-up, which I, you know, I wonder when those came about, because we've had cardboard for a long time, but I don't know how long we've actually had those cardboard celebrity uh, cutouts, a cardboard cutout. 
Get your favorite Star Trek characters and Buffy the Vampire. Vampire. Your favorite Buffy the Vampire characters. Uh, Vampire Slayer. Is that what it's called? I don't think it's Buffy the Vampire. (laughs) She's a vampire. I never watched it, so I don't really know. She might turn out to be one. She might be one. But uh, the next song here, it's by a fellow named Herbie Duncan. And the song is called That's All, which, you know, fits with the never again idea from the beginning of the episode. Herbie Duncan, that's all. Herbie Duncan sounds like he'd be a simple guy. He sounds like somebody, when he says that's all, he means it. And the song fits with that. You know, it's not too dressed up. It's a pretty simple song. It's from 1959. And uh, I wasn't aware of this before I listened to it when I was setting up this playlist, but uh, he actually refers to Kane as well in this song. And uh, I listened to this right after I was listening to Darnell Miller when I was putting together this playlist and the coincidence, the synchronicity of referencing Kane seemed fitting. So I was like, I'll follow up uh, Darnell Miller, Mark of Kane. You know, it's part of that previous block. I'll follow that up with Herbie Duncan, that's all, because there's another Kane reference. Uh, but the synchronicity actually goes deeper because it turns out the B-side of Herbie Duncan, That's All, is a song called End of the Rainbow or something to that effect. So he references Kane on the A-side in this song, and he also sings about the, the rainbow. So he and Herbie Duncan and Darnell Miller, they have some sort of, uh, you know, the different sides of the same coin here. They have some synchronicities, some uh, coincidences going on. Both singing about Cain and both singing about rainbows. The Cain bow. Stupid joke, but I worth making. The Cain bow. Let's your imagination run wild about what that would be like when you think about the the biblical figure Cain and what his bow would be like. It would certainly be a negative rainbow, you know, as I mentioned before, Darnell Miller, he kind of takes the inverse of how we think about rainbows, and he sings this song about the rainbow of loneliness. Well, I can tell you that the cane bow, Cain's rainbow, would probably be the inverse of, of the positive rainbow idea as well. So it just fits, but I'm not going to play Herbie Duncan's rainbow song. I'm not going to play his rainbow song. Just because I didn't really like it, I listened to it and I was like, you know, I like that this coincidence happened, but I don't feel the need to play it out. I can just talk about it. I can just, some things are just worth talking about it. And that's all. Herbie Duncan, 1959, that's all. Well, I woke up this morning and it started to rain.
to start again That's all I just can't take anymore That's all I just walk the When someone says, I just can't take anymore, you should take it seriously. You should listen to them, especially if they sound like that, if their voice has that kind of register to it. Uh, you know, not, not extremely high-pitched, but kind of a, a light, an airiness to it. Uh, it's similar to what I was saying about a lost soul. If someone volunteers the information to you that they are a, lo- a lost soul... Like uh, if they're uh, if you run into somebody you went to school with and you haven't seen them in twenty years and you go through the motions of like so what do you do what do you do how you doing how do you what how you doing and what do you do speaking of higher register um if they ask you that question and you say I'm a lost soul how you doing and what do you do. I'm a lost soul. See, that answers both those questions. It answers the question of how you're doing, and it answers the question of what you're doing with your life. It's a profession, it's a it's a recreation, it's a hobby, and it's also something you don't want to be. It's all of the above. It fits everything. Being a lost soul fits all of the above. That's like the, the checkbox that says all of the above. That's a, what a lost soul, it's one of the few privileges that a lost soul has. They can check that box and be like, I got it all covered. I got it all covered. Uh, but you know, if in a lost soul would say, I just can't take it anymore. I just can't well, actually not just, I can't take it as Herbie Duncan said, I just can't take anymore. I just can't take anymore. There's not even an it. That's another lost soul thing is you don't even have an object. There's no it. It's just, I just can't take anymore. I'm a lost soul, but you should take that seriously. And especially if someone volunteers the information to you, whether you know them, whether you don't, if someone just straight up says to you right off the bat, they're just like, I'm a lost soul. Uh, You know, trust them on that. You know, you don't have to trust people all the time, but trust them on that. Uh, You know, because a lost soul, you know, they're strangers. A lost soul is a stranger. We have a tendency to think of strangers you know, more outwardly, where it's like, that person's a stranger. I'm I'm in a strange place, and there's a stranger here. You know, that, oh, those people are strangers, and it's like, but when you yourself are the stranger, and, and you know, when you're visiting a place, you know, I don't know, I feel like I'm going to get into, like, Jim Morrison lyrics here, so I need to veer away from this. I'm going to get real lost here in a second. But, uh, you know, we just have this strange idea of strangers, a strange idea of strangers where it's always this outward view, like we are the one who knows ourself. We know ourself. And, you know, often you're a stranger to yourself, and I know I'm not saying anything too profound, uh, but it's true. Strangers are lost souls, both to those they encounter out in the world and most of all to themselves. But uh, this next song... uh, is more familiar because it's been played on here before, possibly the first episode. I believe this this song was played in the first episode. I want to say it was the first song, but I could be wrong. I feel like I've said that about several songs I've replayed on here. That's just going to be a go-to saying on here. Anytime I play any song that has been played on a previous school night, especially an earlier episode, a much earlier episode, I will say, I think this was the first song I ever played on every night's a school night. Uh, I'll start playing songs that are from the the last episode, last week's episode, and I'll be like, I think this was the first song I ever played on here. Just total loss of memory. Lost memory. But this is a song called Strangers, and it's by Willie Redden, and it has a just a great bass line. It's hauntingly beautiful. Uh, there was a reason why it was, you know, in the first round of songs I did play on the show... 
that initial round of inspiration of wanting to curate songs and play them for people or play them for myself and listen to myself talk about them, whatever my initial motivation was for doing this show. Uh, this song, Willie Redden's Strangers, it is an impactful one. Willie Redden. The only time I've ever played him on here, too. To me, he's as much of a stranger as this song is about strangers. I've been treating you bad and it's making me sad, that's why I say, wait a minute, baby.
Yeah, Willie Redden there was followed up by Bob Lumen, both of them singing about strangers. And like Willie Redden, Bob Lumen has been on the show before, very early on. He's a well-known artist, and I played him several times on here. So he's less of a stranger than Willie Redden. Willie Redden, who I only know by the song Strangers that you just heard, but Bob Lumen I know for a larger body of work. Bob Lumen's larger body of work should be the name of his compilation. Uh, but yeah, that song was You're Like a Stranger in My Arms, obviously a fitting follow-up to Willie Redden's Strangers, both songs that deal with the idea of someone you're close to romantically becoming a stranger to you, which is a very real phenomenon that happens, and it's strange. It's strange when someone becomes like a stranger to you who once wasn't. And Bob Lumen there, You're Like a Stranger in My Arms, was from 1959. I know one of the songs of his that I've played on this show before was the uh, kind of rockabilly ballad classic uh, Red Cadillac and a Black Mustache, which is about his girl running around town with some strange guy. Here we have a stranger again, and this time a guy with a red Cadillac and a black mustache, some mystery character. But I know I've played that one on here. Uh, but Bob Lumen, yeah, a classic rockabilly character who occasionally did more ballady songs like that last one, which had strong pop sensibilities. Uh, but uh, we're going to move on here. We're going to get away from all the strangers, and we're going to go to a fellow who may or may not be a stranger himself, but has a very strange name. I mean, he very well might take the the championship belt when it comes to weird country names on here. Anybody who's listened to this show knows I like to go on about names, and in particular, you know, some of the older, especially more obscure country artists have some very good weird names. But this guy, it's almost too weird for me to even talk about. I don't, I don't really have anything to say about it. It speaks for itself, but I don't know what it's saying. That's what I will say about this name, and his name is Mundo Earwood, and Mundo is spelled M-U-N-D-O, last name E-A-R-W-O-O-D, Mundo Earwood. What do you say about that? You say Mundo Earwood. That's about all that there is. Uh, But he's a human man, despite what his name might suggest. Whatever fictional origins, like your cousin Darnell... Mundo Earwood might suggest. He's a a real human man with some real human man things to say. And the first song I'm going to play of of these two is called Draw a Line. Not much to say about that. Kind of like his name. I don't really know what to say about that. It, it, It draws a line. The song Draw a Line, it draws a line. And after that line is drawn... Uh, I'm going to follow up with the real song that's being shown here, the real showcase song of this two-song block, which is My Weakness is Stronger Than I Am. And it's a song about drinking, and it's a, it's just brutal honesty, brutal honesty, straightforward lyrics. It's memorable. You know, I'd have to check and see when this was recorded. It's clean country. You know, the recording isn't too raw. But everything else about it is very raw. I would put it at early 70s, most likely. I'd have to look it up. But uh, that feeling keeps stealing me blind. That devil keeps dancing all over my mind. How can I possibly do these lyrics justice without you having heard them? So it's important that you keep listening so that you can hear some Mundo Earwood. And whatever his name suggests to you... Uh, All I know is that this is a lost soul crying out. This is a human man uh, saying what only a human man could say. Draw a line, my weakness is stronger than I am. Mundo Earwood. Draw a line through forever years On the valentine I said you I'll take the ring from my hand and hope that you will understand the reasons for my leaving you take the memories from our past forget this one the very last take the tokens of my love 
and hold them close when you're thinking of reasons for my leaving you. Cause love's gone away and so must I. Your life would be sad if I were to stay. My plans were sincere, but I can't trust me, dear. I gotta move on. I'll be wrong. And now you know that I must leave. Tell me, please, before I go, if my reason for the is known And if you know Please confide Please don't hide I need to know If my reason For leaving Is known Sometimes I drink so much I can't remember Just what it is I'm trying to forget And every morning when I wake up I swear I'm gonna quit And I would if I could But I can't I'd love Stand up proud and be a man again But my weakness is stronger than I am That feeling keeps stealing me blind That devil keeps dancing all over my mind Stronger than I am I used to have good reasons But don't we all? There's nothing worse than a drunk Without a cause At first it was for mercy Now it's just a habit and it's one I'm not too likely to kick We both know I wouldn't stand a chance Cause my weakness is stronger than I am That feeling keeps stealing me blind And it, that came out in 1979, so a bit later than I was thinking. Although listening to it now, it sounds like it came out in 1979. That sounds like 1979 country to me. The production value, the style. Uh, but it resonated with me. It re- Mundo resonated with me with that. My weakness is stronger than I am. And uh, we're going to move on away from weird individual names and into weird group names. And this is one, uh, the Jody Mars. The Jody Mars. J-O-D-I-M-A-R-S. Uh, 
What is that? An alien species and your favorite science fiction movie? What the hell's a Jody Mar? I like you guys. You guys got a good sound. You, got, you guys got a good beat. There's a good beat to, to what you guys are doing. But I, I just don't get this name. I don't get this name. This Jody Mar. What the fuck's a Jody Mar? Jody Mar. It's the name. It's the name of my my firstborn child. Was Jody Mar? No. Uh, they were named after the group mem- members' first names: Joe, Dick, and Marshall. I think. And I like that Joe and Dick becomes Jody. I'm glad it wasn't Joe Dick Mars. Joe Dick Mars. You know, I like you. I like what you guys are doing. I, I'm not totally sold on the name though. And if you want me to manage you, I think you guys need to change your name from the Jody Mars to the Joe Dick Mars. But they were apparently. Original members of the well-known rock and roll group Bill Haley and the Comets, who I've listened to very little. There's probably some good stuff in their discography. I don't know. I just somehow bypassed that style. Just, I don't know. Bill Haley and the Comets. Uh, But the Jody Mars were apparently founding members of that who had some sort of dispute and formed their own group, which they called the Jody Mars. And as you know, it's a household name. Everybody knows the Jody Mars. Everybody forgot all about Bill Haley and the Comets, and everybody just picked up, and they were like, you know, where did the Jody Mars? Uh, But the Jody Mars here have a song called Honey Baby, and I'm glad that it covers, you know, a couple different bases here, because you think about those pet names that couples have for each other. Honey is one, baby is another. And so here, Honey Baby. Honey baby, honey baby, honey baby, can you be mine? Love you baby, love you baby, love you baby all the time. We were meant to be in love, oh can't you see? That my heart's at your command. One day I'll take your hand and you'll be mine. Come to me. Come to me, come to me with open arms Need you, baby, need you, baby, need you, baby with all your charms Oh, young heart, can't you see that we were meant to be all the time Desperation coming through in that vocal delivery, a nice desperate vocal delivery on Honey Baby. And I appreciate those vocals in particular because it has a very bouncy rhythm and melody to the song, which isn't surprising for a song called Honey Baby. You know, when you hear that the song is called Honey Baby and you hear that track start, you know, it's got that sort of a bouncy baby sort of rhythm. It's like, you know, that's the sort of song you could bounce a baby to. You could bounce a baby to that song. You'd be bouncing them pretty fast. And I don't know how your baby would put up with the, those desperate vocal calls coming through. Uh, but to me, it's a bouncy baby sort of rhythm. It just happens to have desperate vocals that balance the song out nicely. The Jody Mars, though. You know, instead of calling themselves the Jody Mars, you know, this group name based on 
fragments of their first names. I feel like they should have just pretended to be one guy, and they should have just called themselves Joe Dick Marshall. I'm Joe Dick Marshall, and you can call me Honey Baby, but, uh, you know, to you, I'm Baby Honey. I'm Baby Honey to you. My friends call me Honey Baby, and strangers call me Baby Honey. That's how I can differentiate between my friends and people who don't know me. Because my friends call me Honey Baby, and strangers call me Baby Honey. And acquaintances just call me Honey or just call me Baby. In fact, some acquaintances call me Honey Baby Honey, or Baby Honey Baby. And what's an acquaintance anyway? An acquaintance is a cross between a friend and a stranger. An acquaintance is a cross between a friend and a stranger, and you don't know how, quite how to treat them. You don't know how to quite, you don't know how to treat them. You treat them like a Jody Mar. That's what you got to do: is treat them like a real Jody Mar. Be a good insult. Look at those Jody Mars over there. Look at those Jody Mars at the soda shop paying full price for a, a malt. I'm Joe Dick Marshall. I get a, I get a discount. Because they know me there. They know me as Honey Baby there. Honey Baby's coming into the soda shop. Give him that Honey Baby discount. Oh, you're new here. You're new here. You're new at the soda shop. I know you're a new employee because you didn't give me my discount. Because you called me Baby Honey. I know that you're new here and you don't know that I'm a regular. A very important regular because you called me Baby Honey. Yeah, but uh, we're going to move on here. We got one more song to play. One more by a guy named Dean Reed. Dean Reed. And it's a song called Here By My Side. And uh, it's a a sort of song that doesn't sound like much else that I've played on here. I feel like it stands out on its own. But the reason I'm playing it is because it just has a downright explosive chorus. Almost anthemic, more anthemic than I typically like, but it's it's just so memorable, so catchy that I've got to play it. I've got to close out on it. Here by my side, by Dean Reed. <laughs> song's about right companionship 
It's like the kid used to whisper on the playground. The kids who listened to the local rock station used to whisper about songs on the playground and say things like, you know what that song's about, right? Sex. Uh, I feel like we've entered this world where you have to do the same thing now about wholesome topics. And that song was very wholesome, that Dean Reed here by my side. It was explosive, it was energetic, it was over the top. You'll probably never hear another song that sounds like that on this show. But it's great that it had just a basic wholesome message, which was one of adventurous companionship. Uh, You know what that song's about, right? Going to bed on time and getting a full night's sleep. Because as we fall deeper into this world of decadence, I feel like we do end up whispering about wholesome topics. Like somehow those are perverse. Somehow it's perverse just to be looking for companionship. Uh, Good, clean fun. There's nothing more perverse. There's nothing more perverse. But here by my side, Dean Reed, I feel like that captured a lot. A short song full of little miniature explosions catching you by surprise. The best kind of explosion are the surprising ones. And it was a song about, you know, nothing more elaborate than simple companionship. So maybe instead of whispering about, you know, wholesomeness, instead of hiding, you know, what's virtuous or wholesome about you, Maybe you should let it explode like that. Maybe you should pull a Dean Reed. And if anybody questions you on it, just say, I'm pulling a Dean Reed. I'm pulling a Dean Reed. And they'll have no idea what you mean, but that's even better. Because you don't have to explain yourself. And I don't either, but I do over and over again. Uh, And this is Every Night's of School Night, number 66, closing out. Looking to do a number more of these this December, because December is the time to do it. December is the the month, if there is a single month, that is representative of everything that Every Night's a School Night is about. It is certainly December. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free So take my hand and walk this land with me And walk this lovely land with me When you are by my side With the help of God I know I can be strong Land our home 